But the promise did them no good because they did not share faith with those who listened to God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing, hear the word of God. Verse 3, for only we who believe can enter his rest. As for others, God said, in my anger, I took a oath; they will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been made ready since God made the world. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. That's Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. So God's rest is there right now for people to enter. Uh, I want to speak to you on rest, uh, rest part 4. And again, we were saying that the, the word rest, there's two Greek words for the word rest when we look at these scriptures because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek and Aramaic. And so these two scriptures, Matthew 11 and Hebrews 4, they are uh, both New Testament uh, words. But the thing about the English word or the English language, when we say rest, we say rest. And that's that's the end of it. But in, in the... In the uh, Greek, there's different words from rest. There is the word uh, anaposis, which is what uh, Matthew uses in his writing. And then there is kataposis, which is in the, in the Hebrew. So uh, God wants us to give us two rests. So again, we want to remind you that the word rest, aposis, it means, uh, it means recreation. It means respite. It means recess, and it means respire, or or re meaning to breathe again. And we and we need to understand that when we spend time in the presence of God, it'll He allows us to breathe again. We breathe out our air, and we bring breathe in the breath of life. Are you following me so far? My my sister in law uh, Daisy, which is the next oldest from Carmen. I remember years ago, uh, she had a saying in her book, that, in her Bible, that I'll never forget it. And she wrote in her Bible, prayer is the oxygen of the soul. Prayer is the oxygen of the soul. If you're not praying, you're not breathing. So, now we're talking about rest. And so, first of all, Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and he says, I will give you rest. Okay, so first thing we need to understand is that uh, rest is a gift. It's a gift. You can't take a rest whether you want to or not. Okay, uh, I was reading a book uh, by the name of uh, a gentleman named Bob uh, Scorsi, Scorsi, I believe his name is. He wrote a fantastic book that our praise and worship team uh, used years ago called Experience in Worship, I think it is. But anyway, 
uh, he, he said, and, and he just described many of us, uh, how many of you, how many of you, you, you come f- back from work, you had a long day, and you decided that you're going to just zoom out and get some rest by just watching, you know, on a Netflix binge, or you, you just watch TV for about the next four hours because you just want to rest. Anybody ever done that? Okay, and how many of you, you discovered that after doing that, you were no more rested than, okay? So my point is that we do all things to try to get a rest, but we can't get a rest because rest belongs to God. It's a gift from God. Now, this is what struck me. He said, he said, and, and this is Eugene Peterson's, message bible when he talks about when he talks about learn the unforced rhythms of grace that word rhythm it comes from a latin word and it means movement in time oh my goodness moving movement in time in other words well we we look at grace as uh, favor Unmerited favor, where where grace is favor or favor is preferential treatment. Prefer, prefer. What does the word prefer mean? Pref- the word prefer me pre means anybody before, and pharaoh is a Latin means to bring. So what basically is is that preferential treatment is where God. It's it's not really fair. It's not really fair because preferential treatment. If I can borrow you one more time, is is God knowing that His blessing is going to be here, and He prefers you, meaning that before you even realize His blessings there, He's already bringing you there before the blessing is realized. Some of you were upset. Some of you were upset because God dragged you to the Boston area. But he already preferred you. And so you walked into a job and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And I didn't even want to go to Boston. And God's like, yes. If I waited for you, I'm prophesying over all of you right now. All of you are going to owe God an apology when you get in heaven. Because <laughs> he, drags, he drags some of you into your calling. Now this school is my fourth trust. I can't believe. Next thing you know, you got a wife and three children. And thank you, Jesus. What do you mean? I met her in school. <laughs> That's preferential treatment. You better be careful what your mouth is speaking when it comes to things that you think was the will of God. Some God <laughs> for some of you, God will prefer some people out of your life. Thank you. I got one amen. <laughs> 
I like the Greek definition of the word rhythm. It means measured flow. Measured movement. It means proportion. It means minister, no, symmetry. It means arrangement. It means order. It means shape. It means form. It means wise. It means manner. It means soul. This word rhythm in the Greek means disposition. Oh my goodness. Disposition. The word disposition, like disappoint, is away from the point. That's why you're so frustrated. I'm disappointed. Why? Because I'm away from the point that I wanted to go to. A point, add point, means toward the point. Okay? This position is away from the position. God wants to change your disposition. What do you mean? God wants to move you from a position of frustration to a position of praise. There's some of you that God, and we've all experienced where God literally changed our disposition without changing our position. You go to somebody and you're like, what's wrong with their attitude? And then Let's say all of a sudden they get good news. I got a, you know, a, a raise on my job. You go to that same person, kind of all afraid, and they're like, how you doing? What happened? They're disposition. They move from a position of being miserable to a position of being happy. You can change your disposition just like you can change a thermostat. When the room is cold, what do you do? You you what? Turn up the turn up. <laughs> you you turn up the thermostat to a higher temperature. So if you want to change your disposition, you need to heat up your praise. Because the Bible says in second no in Psalm chapter 22, verse 3, God inhabits the praise of his people. Mm. So sometimes God says, it's a little chilly in there. I don't want to come in there, but if they will praise me just a little bit more. Uh, oh, oh, now it's still cold in there. Come on, let's turn it up a little bit more. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Come on. So some of you need an automatic starter with your praise. I don't know why God is going this way, but I believe God is saying you can change your position just by opening your mouth and bless me because I will inhabit the praise of my people. You can control the temperature in your atmosphere. So there's anapausis, which means, which means uh, in the midst of. So in other words, God will give you Rest in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your circumstance. And that's Mark chapter 4, verse 36 to 41, where there was a storm and Jesus stepped into the middle of the storm and he said, peace be still. And I really believe that God is going to give many of you a peace that passes all understanding. 
you're, you're going to be pinched. You're going to be wondering, why am I not worried about this? I used to be worried about this before, but you, but that's when you realize I am entering the rest of God. And like Elder Roy said last week, if God ain't worried about it, you shouldn't be. See, you need to be concerned when Jesus wakes up. But if Jesus is sleeping and there's a storm going on in your life, he's basically saying, if I'm sleeping, you ought to be sleeping. Some of y'all staying up all night like you can do something about your situation. Someone said it this way, worry is nothing more than interest paid on problems. You'll, you'll get that one eventually. Now we're talking about catapuses. And catapuses, this, this Hebrew word, in the, sorry, this, book, this word in the book of Hebrews, catapuses, it speaks of the fact, the fact, and this was struck me, God says, whereas Jesus says rest is a gift, God says, I own rest. He says in verse 1, God's promise of entering into his rest. In my anger, verse 3, God says they will never into my place of rest. God owns rest. God owns rest. Now, what's, what's important of, about that? Because this word catapuses, it means, whereas anapuses means uh, uh, rest or pausing in the midst of, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like you know, many times there's, I'm watching a game or something and I want to get something from the refrigerator, but I don't want to miss anything. So you press the pause button and you freeze it there. Okay? And God is saying we have the ability to walk into a space with God where we can press pause and, and, and stuff stops long enough for us to give him praise, for us to worship, for us to take a break in his presence. And I really believe that some of us need, we need to set up our, our phone and I use I have on my phone a a a um, an alarm, and it's like it's called the Sherwood Forest alarm. I think it's sound. And at all of the watches, and I need to discipline myself to obey it. But at all the watches, that means twelve o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock. Uh, my alarm will go off and it'll go, doo -doo, doo -doo, and it's really to remind me to pray and give God praise. And so what I'm saying is that we need to create a hard stop in our lives saying, you know what, for these 30 seconds, I'm stopping whatever I'm doing, some report, whatever I'm doing, my job, I'm stopping and I'm giving God praise. It doesn't have to be an hour. You lose your job. It doesn't have to, no, it does just take two or three minutes to give God praise, to thank him, to glorify him. Right now, 30 seconds. Let's just worship him right now. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Thank you for our health. Thank you for your strength. This is workshop. This is training. Thank you, Lord. I stopped right in the middle of the sermon. I just blessed you. I honored you. I give you glory. I give you praise. I thank you, Lord. You're a good, good father. There's nobody like you, Lord. Thank you for the breath that I breathe. Thank you for wonderful weather, Lord. Thank you that my eyes can see, ears can hear. 
Thank you for my beautiful children, Lord. You are such a good, good father. And I just give you praise. Amen. 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 Is that, I believe there's Sunday, is there Sunday school today? Okay. So I'll, could I have, have all the Sunday school students stand right where they are? And if you could just reach out just for two minutes, one minute actually, and just pray for them right now that they receive all that they're supposed to receive. Come on, let's pray for them right now. If you're near one, you can put one your hand on their shoulder or something. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anoint the teachers. Open their hearts to hear and receive the word. Father, I pray that you would teach our children how to rest. In the middle of their homework, in the middle of their class, they can take one minute to stop and just under their breath say, thank you, Jesus. Under their breath say, God, you are so good. Under their breath say, God, thank you for watching over me. Let them learn something. Let them hear a word from you. They're not just going for some little Sunday school lesson, but they're going before a teacher who is speaking the word of God. Let the word of God be alive. Let, it, let the word of God be powerful. Let the word of God discern their thoughts and the intents of their heart. Lord, watch over them. Keep them safe. We don't even take it for granted that they'll walk across the street safely. So cover them with your precious blood. Strengthen their teachers. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. You may, come on, let's give them praise. You can go out right now. So catapausis is, was anapausis means to pause in the midst of. Catapausis means um, to pause down from. It's a down from pause. Don't worry, I'll, I'll explain it. So catapause is in the midst of, so anapause is in the midst of, catapause, which is in Hebrew, it means, kata means down from. Are you following me? It is a, it is a pause that comes down from God. It is a rest that comes down from God. Now, what does that mean? James chapter 1, verse 17. Again, we're talking about a, 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 a rest that comes down from God. James chapter 1, verse 17. And this is the Message Bible. He says, So, my very dear friends, this is the Apostle James, is Jesus' half-brother, same uh, father, uh, same mother, different fathers. And so James, Bishop James says, So my very dear friends, don't throw don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. Gifts cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God. Nothing two-faced about God. Nothing fickle about God. God brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as, <coughs> as the crown of all his creation. Basically, the King James Version says, every good and perfect gift comes down from above. And so there is this rest there is this pause that comes down from God. What are you talking about? 
I'm talking, I'm talking about a downloaded rest. And this is, the, this is the one that you have to fight for. And we'll talk about this next week because what we're trying to do in this year is to work smarter, not harder. Paul, Paul, sorry, not Paul. The writer of Hebrews says it in around the 11th verse. He says, he or she who has entered into God's rest has stopped doing his work. In other words, what we're trying to do as a people of God, this will bless you, is, is to stop working so that God can go to work. That's why he says in the King James Version, I like the way he puts it, he says, let us labor to enter into that rest. In other words, it is very difficult to stop working so that God can go to work. Because we are feeling the stress. Uh, let me use myself, for example. When I graduated from Bentley College, now Bentley University, back in 1991, 1981 rather, uh, I remember I was, I, was, I was sending out resumes and nothing was happening. And all of a sudden, in the midst of my sent out resume, now I only sent out two, so it wasn't like a lot, but I know some of you sent out a whole lot of resumes. And in the midst of my sent out resumes, the Lord told me, stop sending out resumes. I'll go to work so that you don't have to. As a matter of fact, he said, I'm going to bring the job offer to you. And, you know, about a few months later, that happened, and the rest is his story. But my point is, is that I... But it takes, you have to work to shut your mind down so that God can go to work. Because God will tell you to do things that don't make sense. And some of you, I, I believe this is a prophetic word, some of you are allowing people to pressure you into disobeying the word of the Lord. Because God told you to rest, but people are saying you got to do something. And then they quote that, that non-scripture, that made-up scripture, because it's not a scripture, which means it's a lie. God helps those who help themselves. Turn your name and say, neighbor, did you help yourself get saved? <laughs> let me, let me, let me, I don't know why the Lord is saying this, but Come here, honey. Come just for a moment. Some of you, instead, you would be, you would be. Some of you, you're spending too much time talking to your spouse. You need to, you need to, and every time and you make me, and why we all, and all you're doing is wearing yourself out. What you need to do, okay? You're going to remember this. What you need to do is say, honey, what I just do, I brought her before the Lord and let the Lord speak to her. And when she tried to sleep, the Lord, the Lord still be speaking. The Lord can do a better job dealing with your spouse than you. 
So I, the Holy Ghost, and yeah, vice versa. Yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> and by from yeah and the Lord will speak and the Lord will speak rest is letting God go to work and you start working mm. and so let me end this with this it's a download rest and there's three things that God wants to download to you it, he wants to download to you uh, a thing, meaning that there are some blessings where God just simply said, I want to give this to you. This, it's a gift from God. God just miraculously just gifting you things. Other things that God wants to download to you is he wants to give you, he wants to, he wants to, uh, <coughs> if you can come up here, Richard, again, he wants to, he wants to hand down opportunities. Thank you. <coughs> you don't have to make your opportunity. The Bible says and I think it's I think it's Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Maybe the one thing we need to do, instead of just going out into our day, say God order my steps. You already know where the opportunity is. You already know who I'm supposed to meet. You already no, God wants to download things. He wants to download or uh, hand down opportunities. And God, finally, and this is the one I love, he wants to download concepts. Concepts. Uh, uh, Richard, my armor bearer, he was asking me, hey, Bishop, how do, you get, how do you get a word from the Lord? Do you spend a lot of time, do you spend it in prayer? Uh, no, do you, are you studying? Uh, how, how, and I said, all of them. All of them. Because there's some time where I'm just walking and God will just simply download something in my spirit. No studying, no nothing. It just, just, he just downloads it. But he doesn't just simply want to download scriptures and a sermon. He wants to download ideas and concepts and business principles. And, and he wants to download into your heart things that he already wants to do. I tell you, your prayer life is rigged. And I want to, and I'll stop at this point because you're making prayer too hard. You're making prayer too hard. What do I mean? We all know that God is not going to do anything he doesn't want to do. We also know, maybe you don't know, maybe you don't know, but you need to know that 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 according to the the law of the earth. This is law. Are you with me? This is the law of the earth. And that is God God made man and woman to rule the earth. Are you following me? He said, he said, you're in charge of the earth. Okay. So when man messed up and gave and, and, and sold the and sold the title deed of earth to Satan, are you with me? God couldn't just step in and grab the earth back. So what he had to do was send Jesus to go to hell, 
to snatch the keys of earth back from the devil. Are you with me? And, and so what happens is that, so now when we accept Jesus into our hearts, the Jesus in our hearts also has the key to earth. Are you with me? So now when we ask God to do something in the earth, he will do it because of the Jesus in us asking him to do what he already wants to do. Are you following me so far? So, now here's the problem. The problem is, is that when you ask God to do something he doesn't want to do, he won't answer your prayer. So that what ends up happening is some of us make up answers and they get ourselves in trouble. So this is what God does. It's a stroke of genius. He says this. He says, um, what's your name, sir? Terrence. He says, I need Terrence. What school you go to? Berkeley. Okay. I need Terrence to go to Berkeley. But Terrence has no interest in Berkeley. Are you with me? So, but I need Terrence to not only want to go to Berkeley, but to pray to go to Berkeley so that I can start working. No, actually, so that I can bring Terrence to the place that I'm already working. I already created the scholarships. I created the grants. I got people who just, in fact, I made sure somebody <coughs> left their job because they would have never hired, or they would have never allowed Terrence to get in. So I need to get them out of that job. And they just so happen to got a better job offer in California. And the person who took their place, they like Terrence. But now, somehow, I got to get Terrence there. So what God does, he says this. There's a scripture, Psalm, <coughs> Psalm 37. He says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We misinterpret that. We think if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us what we want. <coughs> That's what he says. So, this is what God does. He, he, this is your cell phone? This is the cell phone, and who does it belong to? Terrence. It belongs to who? So, this is the cell phone of Terrence. So, I, I took the cell phone of Terrence, but it belongs to Terrence. Are you with me? God, uh, I'm all such. God has desire. And he says, this is my desire. This is a desire belongs to me. But I need Terrence's heart to have my desire. So Terrence, why don't you just stop worshiping? So yeah, you can just you can worship quiet. This is where the raise your hands, just so people know. Worship. God, so so you laugh, you laugh. Terrence is delighting himself in the Lord. And what's happening is that while Terrence is delighting himself in the Lord, God is downloading his desire into Terrence's heart. Are you with me? And and because he's downloading his desires in Terrence's heart, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, this 30, 34 to 36. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. So what happens is that all Terrence is doing is asking God to do what God already wants to do. And so that's why Jesus says in Mark 11 verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Why? Because I put the desire in your heart. 
So you're going to find yourself, give me five right here, you're going to find yourself asking God for crazy things. And you say, why did I ask that? And God said, because I put it in your heart to ask it. Because now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to the power that's at work in you. If you knew what God wanted you to ask him for, you'd be worshiping him a little bit more because he wants to download things in your spirit and then go to work for you so you don't have to work. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Let's bless him. One minute of your best praise. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, this is a place of rest. Catapostas. I go in a place where he downloads. Everybody say last night. Last night. Last night. Last night. There was a married, there's a couple there. Um, and he's, he, he said to me, Bishop, you're not going to believe this. He said, I lost my job and And I said, oh, that's too bad. He said, no, no. I just got, har I just got hired uh, by Harvard to be a part of their um, computer systems department. And I was like, he said, Bishop, I didn't even apply for the job. So now I'm curious because I'm in this thing of rest where you don't have to worry. He said, Bishop, my God. He said, someone else who worked with me was interviewed for a job and they gave my name and they said, you need to talk to this guy. So they called him up. They were so enamored with him. They said to him, we, we want to hire you. And, and, and so we have to post the job legally. So what we want you to do is as soon as it goes up, put in your application and then we'll take it down. Oh, 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 it gets better. It gets better. So he's been there for about three weeks. The boss comes up to him and says, you're so good. Do you know anybody else like you? He recommends two people and they said, bring them in. He said, well, you don't, you, you barely know me. They said, like, you know what? Just because of who you are, because you recommend those people, we're going to hire those two people without even knowing who they are. So basically, I said to him, you need to understand that maybe God did that for you because he wanted to use you to bless two other people. I'm telling you. And, and he said this. He said, Bishop, I just got out of school. This was going to be the next job that I wanted. I just wanted the entry position job. But they were so enamored with me that they gave me the dream job. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, we only have to labor to do one thing to stay in the presence of God.
to stay in the presence of God. Do not allow the enemy to change our disposition from praise to complaining. From faith to fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I know I'm, I keep doing this, but this is, this is training. This is workshop for 20 seconds. I want you to, you don't have to clap, but I want you to just worship God. I want you to thank Him for giving this word. Thank Him for giving us the solution of entering into His rest where He goes to work so that we don't have to. Are you saying, Bishop, I don't have to do anything? Of course not. What you really need to do is obey. And when we stay in His presence, He will give us instruction. And we will obey. I like what Tudor Bismarck said. God is not looking for us to understand. He's looking for us to obey. Obey. Trust and obey. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. It don't take all that. See, that's a hard thing. Why do I have to do all that? That's a hard thing. Well, I got to handle my business. That's a hard issue. God is trying to humble your heart. Romans chapter 8, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 8. He's trying to humble your heart. Humble your heart. Humble your heart. Humble your attitude. Stop fighting God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You don't understand what I'm going through, Bishop. I, I can't clap back at the enemy. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Why the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. So you can. If God said, unless you have one hand, God said you can clap your hands. You can offer up praises. You, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. Because this is the will of God. This is the will of God to give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We can press pause in our lives and give him praise. We don't praise him because we feel good. We praise him because God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're already at work behind the scenes. You're already setting us up for the next place. You're preparing the place where we're heading. And that's why our worship and praise builds the place where we're heading a place of ministry a place of opportunity a, a kingdom assignment is being built by our prayers and by our worship thank you Lord Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord well, Father we thank you for your word and thank you for your goodness and grace as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you've never received Jesus, uh, Jesus wants to come into your life so he can, he said, walk with me, work with me, I will give you real rest. I'll, I'll put a pause in your life. I'll put recreation and recreation and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you breath again. I'll, I'll allow you to have recess. I, I will put a respite in your life so you, you, you can stop fighting. I'll give you rest, but you must come to me. Now come to the church come to me. Because every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you never receive Jesus as your Savior, and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you please pray for me? Could you slip up your hand? I'm looking all over the audience. I just want to make sure that 
that I don't miss anybody you want to receive Jesus. Well, Father, I thank you for everybody who's here. And Lord, you're speaking to us. It makes no sense for us to hear this and clap and laugh and cheer and all that if the word does not bring tangible, physical benefits. Father, we are not into theories. We're not into nice philosophy. We're not into simply theology, which is the study of God. We are into relationship. And we believe that you're real and you will do real things if we would obey your word. And so, Father, I pray in this season that that anapostasy will take place, that in the midst of our storms, we will pause. I pray, Father, that catapostasy will be put, take place, that that you own rest and that there's a there's a pause that comes down from you. There's a pause that you want to bring down things to us, that you want to hand down to us opportunities and you want to hand down to us concepts. You want to you want to renew our minds so that we ask for things you already want to do so that you can do them and seeing will increase our faith even more. Oh, God, I want to hear stories. I've heard a number of stories last night of, of what you do when people enter your place of rest. And I want to hear more. Why? Because the scripture says in, in Revelation chapter 11, verse 12, or 12 or 11, one of the two, it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we thank you. We want to be witnesses to the goodness of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stop